Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders, the companion podcast to the book by the same name by me, author and host, Erin Simpson. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Good Moms Have Bad Days, Understanding Postpartum Mood Disorders. Um, This week, I have an interview with Mala. She is a... um, woman I met on Instagram about three years ago, kind of midway in my second journey in postpartum depression and anxiety, and um, she shared with me her story for the book, and so I figured instead of reading her experience, I would have her on and we could talk about it. So um, please enjoy the interview. Just quick heads up that it is lots of trigger warnings. Um, We do talk about suicide ideation. Um, anxiety, depression, you know, all those fun things. So um, if you think that might be triggering to you, maybe just come back next week. Um, it ha- I mean, there's a happy ending. So if you're looking for some hope, it's a good episode. Um, and um, as always, I will put the links to Crisis Text Line, Postpartum Support International's Helpline, and any other resources I can think of in the um, episode description. So check those out and just always remember you're not alone. You will get through this. You are not your mood disorder and none of this is your fault and you are doing a great job. So without further further ado, um, enjoy my interview with Mala, Mala and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Okay. With me today, I have Mala Bernard. She is a mom, an entrepreneur, and a postpartum depression survivor. She is, um, you might have seen some of her amazing t-shirts on Instagram. She's at Little Oceans. Um, I will put all of her social handles in the show notes. But um, she and I have been Instagram friends for about three years. I think we met because of postpartum depression. Um, I had sold some pins that were promoting um, the just postpartum awareness, and then we collaborated on a t-shirt, and we've been friends ever since. So um, she also was one of the survivors I interviewed for the book, and so she's with us today to tell us her story and tell us how things are going now. So um, welcome, and um, let's just start from the very beginning, if that's okay with you. All right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So um, when in your postpartum phase, did you realize there was something wrong? Um, my story actually really, re- I, I realized it right away after I gave birth to Caleb, probably because um, I'm, I moved here to U.S. and I don't have any family over here or friends right you're from Indonesia right I'm from Indonesia I moved here and then I got pregnant right away and then it was just the loneliest time of my life yeah because um I know nothing about being a mom (laughs) I don't have any family to just have a little bit here and there um you know um and I realized right away that I couldn't stop crying And I miss being single, <laughs> and um, you know, like um, I I miss being free and not thinking about 
others and responsible to keep a tiny baby alive. Yeah. And um, in my six weeks postpartum um, checkup, I actually speak up and say, hey, I had this problem. And um, they asked me to be in the, I think Zoloft off that, that time. Uh-huh. But uh, that that time, I never really understand postpartum depression. I never, I, I didn't really understand um, medication. And I was like, I really want to breastfeed my son. So I'll say, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But that's just like spinal from there until two years later, um, I finally get help, which is too late, actually, you know. Oh, wow. So you went two years from realizing there was something wrong before you sought further treatment. Yes. How did you even make it two years? Actually, um, I don't know, but I, <laughs> I I had a few bad, bad episodes that I tried to kill myself. Oh. Um, but also, I'm afraid at the same time. Right. And also, at the same time, I know that I need to be alive for my son. Yeah. Because. He's still breastfeed, um, and then he's he's also um, not even a year, and um, you know that mixed feelings just kind of like all all over the place that mm-hmm. time. And um, I actually I actually um, seek help because I got miscarriage, and um, I just couldn't handle the grief plus being for postpartum depression plus being alone plus just like life in general is hard yeah you know so I just like okay I couldn't do this anymore and then um, I also already done with breastfeeding so I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to focus on myself okay so what did you what was your first um, course of treatment what did you do when you finally went to get for get help well, actually, I went to urgent care and then, um, oh, yeah, you got miscarriage. And then I told the doctor in urgent care, they say, um, I'm not in a good place. I have bad thoughts. I have this adult. Um, I'm thinking about killing myself all the time, even though I'm not doing it. But I also don't want to be on that stage. Yeah. You know, like I want to be able to seek help before it's just too late. So um, I told him and then he said, okay, you, you, you really need to be on Zoloft. So, so that's my first thing. And then after that, it just, everything just not great, but um, manageable. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Because sometimes a lot of people think, oh, uh, you're on, a med- on medication and then everything is going to be like, unicorn and fucking rainbow but it's not you know (laughs) yeah it doesn't it helps but it's like you know people who are able to be casual drinkers it takes the edge off but it doesn't you know suddenly make everything amazing exactly Um, yes uh 
And I know that when we interviewed you for the book, you had mentioned that um, you, one of the things that was an issue for you was the accessibility to treatment, like therapy. Yes. Um, because you weren't a U.S. citizen, insurance was an issue. Tell me about that. Yes, actually, it, that's that's kind of like that. That this year, I really want to spread the awareness that it's good that we talk about, hey, let's go to therapy and whatever. But is it accessible enough for everybody? Right. That's, that's the the problem right now because as an immigrant, I don't have insurance um, back then because my husband just just have um, just can't afford uh, insurance for him. Mm-hmm. And then I cannot um, go to his insurance because we just didn't have the money. We just didn't have the right. money to afford that. And um, also, as an immigrant, if I can be really honest, I'm afraid Yeah. to, to go to the doctor and um, seek help. And um, you think, is that just because of what is, what does that fear come from? Um, I'm afraid to, because when I, when I went to the hospital for Caleb Bird, I feel like I, they didn't listen to me and what I need. And basically they just say, you just got to lay down until, you know, right. like I feel, but I, I try to educate myself about squatting or walking and mm-hmm. breathing and and um, eating something that gives you energy, but none of it being hurt by them. And I kind of like, this is my body. This is my birth experience. Uh, I'm just really, really, really have trauma on that one. And makes me kind of like, oh, if I go to the hospital and sick have Am I am I being heard? Am I gonna? Uh, are they gonna try to listen to me or just gonna say, "Oh yeah, that's nothing," you know? Like that's a that's just something that I need to deal with. Um, being in a foreign country, I guess, and uh, having brown skin. <laughs> and um, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm just oh. afraid. And I don't think that that's an uncommon experience for mothers, especially women of color. Our hospitals, I had a very, very lucky experience with the second hospital when my daughter was born. But the first, Mm -hmm. same thing, they didn't really listen. Um, I ended up pushing for two hours on my back and still pee when I run because of it. (laughs) So, Yeah. um, yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, there's the, the hospitals, I guess, because so many of them are for profit, um, even the profit ones have this issue that there are all of these, like, um, I don't know if your hospital had it. Mine was the, what do they call it? Like baby first or baby led, whatever. So they like Uh found you about the, um, breastfeeding immediately. So then they're shaking moms who just don't want to Mm -hmm. Um, and um, there's I've heard so many stories about women going in and having just a terrible time because they just weren't heard Um, 
and yeah, the food thing, that makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I totally get that fear. Totally. Uh, yeah. That has that barrier and that fear kind of kept you from also seeking a therapist? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And um, also um, with therapists, I really, um, what I'm afraid of is also um, they're not, under, they don't understand that the fear or just like daily in anxiety being an immigrant. Right. You know? Cultural. But yes. The cultural thing. Um, because especially when, you, when they never go out of the country and right. see, you know, a, a lot of people live differently outside America. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of like a, um, give me anxiety to like, okay, um, should I explain every detail of it? Why I'm anxious? Am I going to like, uh, are they going to feel weird about it? Because I have to like, like small things like when I drive in like, um, for instance, the speed limit is 55. Well, whatever. let's do a, like a, a disclaimer here. You live in Louisiana. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it and it yeah um from Indonesia in yeah. Louisiana, a very conservative part of the country. Exactly. For instance, I drive and I'm like 55 speed limit is 55. Sometimes I'm kind of afraid to drive 55, you know? Right. Like I kind of want to drive just to be safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I I have that kind of anxiety to live over here. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think a lot of people um, understand that. Maybe just kind of like um, make it small. I'm afraid that people don't understand and make make that my anxieties, you know, small. Right, invalidate them. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um, um, I guess that's what I need to tell myself too, or train myself that it's okay to stop therapy if you don't match with them oh yeah yep yeah and seek another one or you know try another one and stuff like that yeah yeah definitely yeah I've the therapists even say like try them out like call them do that um I think they just the consultation you know if you don't like the the vibe is you just say well thank you for your time and you know on to the next however Mm -hmm that means that you're in a good enough place that those phone calls aren't also adding to your anxiety. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. Worst part for me in the beginning was like, Oh my God, how can I add one more thing to my plate when I just can't even put one foot in front of the other. Right. I I totally understand that. Uh, And being introvert and um, yeah. Yeah. Being, being a person who, I mean, English is not my first language, so um, sometimes I'm afraid that people don't understand me, you know, because a lot of time when I call doctor office and they rush me and then, okay, I don't understand you at all. And I was like, oh, my feelings so hurt because, <laughs> <laughs> because I, that's that's my anxiety. I'm afraid to call someone because I'm afraid they don't understand me because of my accent. Well, I think you speak great. And I told my husband, I don't remember what it was. Oh, I think we were watching the British Bake Off. Um, And 
I don't think there's anything prettier than a foreign English speaker because I think you guys speak English so beautifully. Like, thank you. All of the different accents and everything, I just love it. And, and I think that's because I'm from Turkey. And so I grew up kind of hearing that. It just sounds yeah. so romantic. I don't know. I just yeah. love how, how you sound. I actually really want to go to Turkey. My mom visited Turkey a long time ago and came back with the most beautiful picture ever. And I was like, oh, my God, I really need to go. There are a lot of beautiful places there for sure. Yes. Um, okay. Well, um, I guess how in those two years, and I guess even after, because you're very open about your mental health struggles yeah. on Instagram. Um mm-hmm. How has your, I mean, you've stayed medicated, is that correct? Yes, I'm stayed uh, medicated. I just moved, uh, I just changed from Zoloft to Lexapro oh, okay. right now. Yeah. Um, well, how did your course of treatment and then your period of no treatment, how did that all affect your first couple years as a mom and like your relationships with your husband I think your husband's family is there in Louisiana right yes so how how did that all play out um, I would say before I medicated um life is just hard like it's not regular hard but every single thing is hard and every single aspect of our life just like like we 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 booked um a trip to Texas one time and then I just spiraling about oh what if this happened what if that happened what if we had accident what if you know like all of the what ifs just kind of stopped me and I told my husband I'm, I don't want to go I don't want to go you know like and then I right now it's like why do I want to go you know like yeah everything is gonna be okay now I'm medicated and can't think think clearly about it yeah back then it's just like too much for me to mm-hmm. just pack a few things and go have fun or enjoy life yeah or I- yes even just go to the restaurant I had so much anxiety what if people hate us because we bring a baby what if he, he doesn't like the food what you know like uh-huh. those things just like makes you feel more alone like you're isolated because you're afraid to get out yeah then it's bad for you know our depression and it's just keep doing that for almost two years I actually every day when when uh when my husband came home uh, come home i always get out drive around get sweet tea ice sweet tea uh-huh. and then just cry in the car oh like every day every night and um obviously that's not healthy for your marriage for <laughs> <laughs> for being a mother or being with myself but that's how i went through all of those dark days without medication yeah yeah, you know, I cry right now, <laughs> but it's There's not. There's a lot to cry about right now. Yes, exactly. I mean, yeah, again, being medicated, not going to solve every problem in your life, but at least it's cl- 
more clear to see it, you know, uh-huh. as, a, as an adult. Oh, okay, like this. But you still can cry if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think medication should completely numb you out. I've exactly. been some that do, and you're like, I really want to cry right now, but my body won't let me. Um, yeah. So, That's a problem, too. Yeah. Don't do those. Don't. Don't get on those kinds. And if you're on them and you don't want to be, tell your doctor. Um, right. Uh, did, your, did your husband notice? Like, did anybody notice what a hard time you were having? Oh, yeah. My, uh, I guess being a first-time parent also, this is what I, what I want the people out there to understand that before you have a baby, both parents need to be educated enough about postpartum depression. It's not just our responsibility as women or mothers, but also fathers need to educate themselves about this matter because, because it's a family matter, actually, you know, it's a family matter. And I hate being the only one who, you know, try to read articles about it, try to save my life, try to get better because um, these heavy loads on us can, you know, they can help us if they educated enough, you Uh know. So I I really, most of the time I go to, hey, this is for fathers, this message is for Guys out there, for men out there, please step up and educate yourself because you can save your partner. Yeah. At least not let her drowning alone. Right. You know, like alone. It it is scary. It's terrifying. Yes. I hate it when women feel like they can't talk to their partners about it or Mm -hmm. if they... Like I have, I'm working with currently um, a woman whose partner, everything is a criticism. Mm -hmm. They, they only hear things as a criticism, the partner, the husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she can't send him these postpartum resources, even the ones for dads, because he's just like, I don't need that. But he doesn't see that what's happening in her world, in her head is affecting him yes and that if he doesn't help so I don't know how we get guys to start to see that that when we are sending those things we're not trying to (laughs) nag them like it's a cry for help we're saying could you please look at this if you won't hear from me could you hear it from this reputable source right um this is only this is a a big problem for us uh, in this society right now because I hate to say this but it just there's a lot of misogynist uh-huh. uh, fathers out there, husband out there it yeah. just we, we just still live in that era mm-hmm. I hate to say this, we should already pass it but we're not oh I know so, and, and yeah, so, people we know, not all men but um, a lot of them and yes. I feel like a lot of it, I mean, the, the pandemic sure has not helped that because as mm-hmm. 
often are the ones leaving the jobs to stay home and take care of the kids. Right. Um, and so that has kind of driven us further into this, um, you know, outdated model yeah. of what a household is supposed to look like. That's true. Um, that's why I always like trying to like encourage fathers, men out there to please educate your brother, your father, your son, your best friend, mm-hmm. your I don't know, like your group, your bros, or whatever. Because sometimes when we educate them, it's not they're not going to listen to it. Right, no. Because again, they think we're going to tell them that they're doing something wrong. Exactly. But maybe you are wrong, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so just like okay. this. is wrong. We are all. Exactly. It's okay. okay. You know. Yes, exactly. Uh, the reason why we... Society think that mothers is quote unquote better at parenting, not because we magically better, because no. we make mistakes, we learn from it, and we learn again, and we make mistake again, we we cry about it, and we learn, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and we, you know, we have to. Yes, exactly. We don't have any choice other than learn. Right. And before anybody comes at us for anything, we understand that for most of us, motherhood is a choice, but it is not an easy, uh, it's not an easy decision to make, first of all, and then it's not an easy job. I saw the most amazing TikTok yesterday that was this mom who um, said, you know, I, I love my child but I hate being a mother. Yes. He was like, it's so hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I mm-hmm. always feel like I'm failing. I always feel guilty about something. There's like, there's always something new, some new phase, you know, I have to put somebody else first. Of course I would set the world on fire to protect my child, but it's not a, a fun job. Right. Exactly. Like, and I think that that is missed so much. People think we're ungrateful when we express yeah how much we're struggling and it's like do you complain about your job that you sit behind a desk to do and sometimes deal with you know pissy people well just like imagine that times 24 7 no vacation or benefit yeah. <laughs> exactly um so i think we need to i we just need to cut every each other so much more slack than we do and then maybe you know, dads would be more receptive to <laughs> fall, clicking the postpartum dad's link and being like, oh, this is okay. I get it. I see what my wife's dealing with. And here's how this other dude helped his wife. And, you know, and realize that we're all supposed to be on the same team instead of pitting ourselves against each other and saying, oh, my job, right. my job's harder. Right. All right. Job. No, I mean, that's why it's a job. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's just parenting is one of the hardest things in the world. It is. It is the hardest, the hardest thing. And also, um, I know the change is not going to, it's not going to happen right now, but you know, one step, one step at a time. Um, 
being a racing a son also I'm trying to focus on that matter mm-hmm. because if we all focus on raising a better generation we're we can be hopeful again you know <laughs> yeah yes um and also um I know for a lot of people they only see change in one shape right if people doing a different way that means they're not changing the world but I don't agree with that because we all have we all do our part yeah we have different kind of um how we change the world and that's that's good because yeah. people learn in different ways too So um, we just one step at a time, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I heard, I wish I could remember it. My memory is garbage lately, but I heard a quote the other day that was talking about change and how, you know, we always want it to be in these grand sweeping measures that, you know, we can see the difference, but it's like, it's kind of like the anthill analogy thing like it's a tiny hill but there's millions of grains of sand right so it's just like one change starts with something small like teaching your son how to treat women or be a good human you know not necessarily um but it's so hard to be politically correct sometimes (laughs) i'm just like oh yeah oh yeah am i gonna get in trouble um but uh but yeah, it, it, it's small and we have to be okay with making those small changes because I feel like that's how you get other people to make small changes. Exactly. And also a lot of people want to change now, 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 no. I mean, yes, I want that too, but it's just not, the reality is just not like that. Yeah. You know, sadly, the, uh, I think it's more sustainable that you change a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and it gets bigger and it's better instead of just trying to fix everything right now and it's falling apart. Yeah. As you know. my mother-in-law says, you tend your garden first. Yeah. And then. Yes, absolutely. Can, uh, you know, go beyond. Yes. Um. And then what about your husband's family? Did they know what you were dealing with? Uh, my um, my mother-in-law knows because uh, she read one of my longest posts about um, my dark thoughts about suicide and stuff like that. Oh. And um, she um, told me that she's there for me and, you know, that kind of stuff, which is nice. And um. But back then, also, I don't feel like I really connected to her because yeah. we just got married and we just moved here. You know, I don't really have, I didn't really have connection like we do right now. Yeah. And um, I also, like, she's also uh, religious. Um, and that time, um, I wasn't religious. Right. And um, so that's just, like, disconnected over there, like, how she tried to heal depression with religion and I just couldn't yeah. at that, you know? So, um, well, um, but I also, um, 
I thankful for she's just saying that I'm here if you need help, you know, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Which is that's that's also big knowing that I don't have anybody over here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, you know, family's always like, Why didn't you say something? Yeah. I feel like we have to remember that, you know, people want to help but they don't know how sometimes. And so we have to, we just have to make ourselves vulnerable enough to ask her exactly what it is that we need. And that's hard too. Yeah, it is hard um, to, 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 to just say, Hey, I feel weird. I feel a lot of emotion on my chest, even though I have a husband and I have a kid and I should be happy, but <laughs> I'm not, you know, yeah. like that's, it's kind of like a weird thing to, to, to tell the world. But also um, being on Instagram and connect with a lot of mom who actually feel the same way kind of saved my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Like this happened to so many women and, I, and I'm not the only one. We can, we can actually connect and tell our stories, to, you know, to each other. Hey, it's okay. Uh, I'm in the same boat. You know, that's just like means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that was my next question is, um, you know, what made it easier to deal with the postpartum depression and current anxiety, depression issues? Uh, uh, For me, it's definitely sharing, you know, um, with sharing, actually, sometimes people cannot give you, like, how to fix it or help you in the matter. But right. the fact that they just listen and then validate your feelings and makes you feel like, oh, yeah, this is just life. You know, like, everybody feel this way sometimes, and that's okay. That just makes our heart feel you know, oh yeah, this, this is okay. I yeah. will, I will be okay. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's, that's why. Um, and um, actually I met one of my best friend here in town on mom's Facebook. Oh, nice. Yes. Um, and um, she's just really, 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 really good to me whenever I had dark days and she just like, listen to me and then one day I ran a lot to her and she and I told him I know it's a lot I'm, I'm so sorry I just like threw all of this work to you and she said no you never too much for me you know oh. like that's just that's I don't know friend is that the one that you're working with now yes awesome yes awesome um so I guess um let's see what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions men and women face about postpartum mood disorders okay i will say i will say um you don't people always think that is it zero or crazy, you know, <laughs> never in between, but right. we all in between, you yeah. know, like 
we have dark days, we have bad, uh, we have beautiful days, we have simple days, you know, like mm-hmm. men- mental health or mental illness is not always, always going to be bad. Some right. days are just easy, easy days. And, you know, um, so I was, I would say a lot of people need to understand that this not linear, you know, like you can still seek help even when you feel you don't deserve it. Because a lot of people think, oh, she's worse than me, so I don't deserve to get help. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I also, a lot of people think that if you, if you don't have like, uh, suicidal thoughts, then you don't have to seek help, which is not also right. not true, right? Because in order for us to not have those thoughts, that we need to seek seek help before it get worse. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what's important for people to understand that it's okay to seek help even though you don't feel like you do you deserve it, right? You know, you deserve it. You, you deserve every single help and support to feel better. Um, and I hope you don't mind me asking, you've posted about it on Instagram before, but you've utilized the National Suicide Prevention Helpline? Yes, I actually do a crisis text line. How, what was your experience like reaching out to them? Was it helpful? Absolutely wonderful. I will say, I will recommend that to everybody out there that has mental issue or crisis, but I always tell, I told them that, hey, I know I'm not in crisis. This is, I'm not in crisis because I reach out before my crisis. Uh-huh. You know? Yes, and I think that's the best way to reach out be- before a crisis. Um, and they've been, they've been wonderful. They've been uh, helpful just to just let it out and and calm me down uh, so I'm, I'm not going to flip out and uh, have dark thoughts. Yeah. And also this is good for people who don't want to talk on the phone because of the anxiety and stuff. Uh-huh. This is really, really helpful as an immigrant who doesn't speak English and the first language too because we have time to actually think what we want to say on the text instead of you know, voicing or, you know, it's just like less, 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 less anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely would recommend this to people out there who have crisis or before crisis. Yes. I'll put their info in the show notes um, in case anybody needs it. Yes. Um, and then just what's something that you would tell a mother who's just newly um, newly diagnosed or newly postpartum and is, you know, struggling with, with some stuff right now? I would say the first and foremost, you are not broken. You are human. And it's okay for us human to seek help. You deserve to get better. You deserve to enjoy life. You deserve to be healthy. Even when people around you not or refuse to see to see that, yeah, I think that's 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 what I want to uh, mothers out there to uh, to know. 
Yeah. Yeah. You matter. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, uh, let's see. <laughs> Before I let you go, I want a rundown of all of your different entrepreneurial endeavors that you have currently have going on because it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like, um, I guess that's my, the bad thing about me, just like a little bit off here, a little bit off there. So uh, currently, I'm still doing a little oceans, which is a focus on postpartum, mental health, feminism, gentle parenting. I do all of the merch. Um, yeah, basically just merch. Yeah. And yeah, t-shirt and stuff like that. And um, I also have photography business because I love photography and I feel like it can tell story about a lot of stuff and I will <laughs> I will have a new project this year to kind of like highlight people in the south Ooh. um yeah living in really conservative uh, uh state and um you know like um I want I want I want to give them a space to speak up yeah uh and also, um, me and my husband run a real estate business. We rent our house and stuff like that. So uh, right now, just those three. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, well, I will drop all of your social media handles in the show notes so people can follow along because you're very active on there. I'm impressed considering all of the projects you have going. Thank um, you. But I love following along and I love seeing Caleb grow up. He's so precious. Thank you um, so much. And um, I just love that we met and that now you've got to gotten to help me with this project twice now. Um, me too. And that- I'm, I'm so good. I'm honored. Um, well, I think that that's it for now. Um, unless you have anything else you want to add to our convo. I guess that's it. Okay. Well, Mala, thank you so much. You are a treat, and I just adore you. Thank you so much. I will talk to you soon. All righty. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. drop all of the resources in the description but I wanted to go ahead and say that if you need help the crisis text line number um, just text home h-o-m-e to 741-741 and trained counselors are available 24-7 you can also um, check out postpartum.net which is the website for postpartum support international their helpline is 1-800-944-4773 or you can reach out to their text line which is 800-944-4773 just text help h-e-l-p to 800-944-4773 you can find me on instagram at good moms have bad days you can email me at goodmomshavebaddays at gmail.com and you can check out the website at goodmomshavebaddays.com to find mala on um instagram she is at little.oceans she's also at raising little ocean and at mala bernard 
photo. That's M-A-L-A-B-E-R-N-A-R-D-P-H-O-T-O. Um, and I hope everybody has a great week. Please stay safe. It's crazy out here with Omicron. Um, so take care of yourselves, reach out for help, and just trust and know that you are not alone.